on this edition of Emerging Daily. God knows all the things that are involved in your life. He knows all that you have going on. It, it just touches his heart so much to think that you would take time out of your life to worship him. It means so much to him because he recognizes you. No matter how big or how small you think you may be in the vast scheme of things, you're important to God. You are very important to God. Whatever opportunities you have to worship God, you need to make the most of it. You need to take advantage of it. Whether it's getting up early in the morning, whether it's staying up late at night, whether it's taking a little bit longer lunch break, whatever it is, take every opportunity. Redeem the time. It's your job to redeem the time because the days are evil. And how I wish that I could share with you how important it is to spend that time with God, just you and Him. You are an alabaster box, and what is within you is springing up, and it, it, it's longing for you to give it to God. And there's something in you that is just crying out for you to just pour it forth at His feet. You might not even recognize it, but it's there, I promise you, because it's within every creature that's ever been put on this earth to praise and worship God. David said that the, the sacrifices that God requires are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. Jesus said, unless you take up your own cross and follow me, you're not worthy of me and you can't even see the kingdom. You also have to be willing to be a sacrifice. Have you presented your body as a living sacrifice to him? Have you offered him your life that where he asks you to go, you'll carry him because you are an earthen vessel carrying the glory of God. This is Emerging Daily with Charlton Scott Fisher. Scott is the founder and leader of Emerge Nashville, a spiritual refuge that's an evolving ministry expressing radical grace every day. Emerge is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your tax-deductible gift and to learn more about Emerge, visit EmergeNashville.org or email EmergeNashville at gmail.com. We hope this program will help you to emerge as pure gold and to steer you to put love into action. Welcome to this edition of Emerging Daily. I am Scott Fisher, and we appreciate you listening to our podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe. You can uh, do so through just about any podcast app or platform. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. There's about 10 platforms and apps that we're on, and of course, you can find it on our website, EmergingDaily.com or EmergeNashville.org. Also, if you're on Facebook, please like our Facebook page. It's Facebook.com slash EmergingDaily, and we would appreciate that, and share it with your friends tell your friends family co-workers we would appreciate it and we also now have available our just love shirts hoodies and things and we would much appreciate it if you would purchase one share the love help us to spread the love it's got a good message just love and when you are wearing it people will see and, and understand hey let's begin walking in love and of course it's also got our emerge emblem on it and they may ask you well what is that and you can tell them well you know i listen to this podcast or whatever but we would really appreciate it the proceeds will go to help with some of the expenses of the ministry such as maintaining the website things related to the podcast uh, eventually some office space and also help us to secure 
locations where we can have worship and teaching times, uh, both in Lebanon and Nashville and places in between. So we would really appreciate that. The uh, quality of the material is very good. It's uh, very soft material. It's ring-spun, combed ring-spun cotton, and they're made from uh, such companies as Anvil, Next Generation, Gildan, and some others. So they're good material, good quality, and we have them at a good price, and we appreciate it. On today's edition of the podcast, I'm sharing with you a message that I spoke a few years ago at a church I pastored in Lebanon called the Ark of Lebanon, and it's dealing with worship. The name of the message is Why This Waste? The Importance of Worship in Words. And it also goes in a little bit into explaining how that the temple or the tabernacle of Moses, how it outpictured and symbolized our worship and our experience in God. So I hope this message blesses you, and we'll get to it here in just a minute. Thanks again for listening. If you like good old country cooking, then you're going to love Bale's Little Country Kitchen, located at 210 West High Street in Lebanon, right in the heart of Middle Tennessee. Bale's Little Country Kitchen is family-owned and operated, and is Lebanon's new favorite place for great country cooking. They have a terrific breakfast and lunch menu, as well as awesome specials throughout the week, like the Friday night all-you-care-to-eat catfish dinner and fixings, and their Saturday morning breakfast bar. And now, they've teamed up with We Deliver to bring their super southern food right to your home or office. You can find out more by going to their website, bellslebanon.com, where you can see their menu and specials, and even order delivery. That's bellslebanon.com, located at 210 West High Street in Lebanon. You're going to love Bell's Little Country Kitchen, Lebanon's new favorite place for great country cooking. The Gospel of John, we're going to be talking about worship. John chapter 12. John chapter 12. Okay, in verse 1 of John chapter 12, it says, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then said one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, Why was not this ointment sold for three hundred pence and given to the poor? This he said not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. Then said Jesus, Let her alone. Against the day of my bearing has she kept this. For the poor always you have with you, but me you have not always. And much people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there. And they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also, whom he raised from the dead. This is a beautiful picture of worship. Now, just to give you a little background, Bethany was where Lazarus lived. That's where his two sisters, Mary and Martha, also lived. They pretty much lived there together. Now, if you remember, if you don't remember, that's okay. Jesus was real close to these people. He treated them. They, they were like family. Have you ever had friends that were so close that they were like family? I mean, they're not just blood relatives. They're, they're friends of the Spirit that you can even be closer to sometimes than even your own family. So he was close to them, very close. This Mary was the same Mary that Jesus had laid, raised her brother from the dead. Now, there was another time, and we're not going to turn there for time's sake, but there was a, a, another instance in which Jesus had gone to eat with Lazarus and, and Martha and Mary at their house. And Martha was busy fixing the food and preparing the meal and getting everything ready. And Mary was sitting there at his feet. 
just listening to Him, just receiving His words and worshiping Him. But Martha came to Jesus and said, Listen, Jesus, why don't you tell Mary to get up and help me fix all this food? Why don't you tell Mary to get up and help me prepare this, this banquet that we're doing? This is for your sake, Jesus. The only reason we're having this big meal is for you. Tell Mary to get up and help me. But Jesus told her, said, Listen, Mary chosen that good part, and it won't be taken away from her. What was that good part? What was that good part? It was the worship and the discipleship that she was receiving. See, she was receiving discipleship. She was given worship. Now, it, there's a lot to be said about sitting at the feet of somebody. Um, Paul is said to have sat at the feet of Gamaliel, which was a, 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 one of the famous teachers at the time. He sat at his feet. In other words, he was his disciple. That was a term used. It didn't mean that you literally sat down at their feet, though usually they did. But it was more referring to the position. In other words, you became their disciple. And a disciple was really a servant because you waited on him. You waited on that person whom you were discipling, being discipled by. In other words, let's say for an example, if I am one of your disciples, so I would get down and I would ask you, you know, what can I do for you? And so... You know, you might say, well, go get me something to drink. So I'd go get you something to drink. I would be waiting on you. And so that's how Mary looked at Jesus. She wanted to do everything she could for Him, not just so she could serve Him, but so that she could receive teaching from Him, so she could understand how He was, the type of person He was, how He acted, the type of love He shared with His people. See, Jesus even did the same thing, and we'll look at this here in a little bit. But Jesus got down on His hands and knees and ended up washing the disciples' feet. He switched it. Why? Well, Jesus said one time that the, the servant is not above his master, but the servant should be as his master. In other words, the whole point of being a disciple is so you can learn how to disciple somebody else. The whole point of worshiping God is so that you can learn how to show forth his praises to this world. See, if he just wanted people to worship him, he already had a mass choir up in heaven. He wanted his glory to cover the earth. How does his glory cover the earth? His glory covers the earth by... Our praises. His glory covers the earth by our offering up praises to Him and telling one another about how praiseworthy He is and about all His awesome things. So Mary, this same Mary whom Jesus had raised her brother from the dead, came and anointed His feet. Now, I want you to turn over to another place. Turn to Matthew chapter 26. Now this is another place that this is recorded. The same instance. Matthew chapter 26. Now, we look at verse 6. It says, Now when Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head as he said at meat. And when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, To what purpose is this waste? See, they counted it as waste. And the world will count your worship for God as waste. They'll say, Why are you wasting your time? Why are you wasting your money? Why are you wasting on God? And so they said, why this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. And there's masses of even ministries that have gotten so focused on giving to the poor, they've missed the more important things of worshiping God and learning of Him. See, that will not be taken away. Serving people, which was what, Mary, was what Martha did, would, would be taken away sometime or other because you can't always fill everybody's needs. But you can always worship God and He will always receive it. It, it will always be enough. In other words, you, you can't worship Him too much, but He's not going to say, well, you know, you, you didn't do it good enough. He's not that type of God. You know, when you have a little child and, and that child colors you a picture, 
and gives it to you. Do you say, now, why did you get out of lines right here? And, and why did you do this? And why did you do that? And, and talk about the picture like it's nothing. No, you, you hang it up on the refrigerator. And you say, look at what my little kid did for me. And you, you are honored by it. And it breaks your heart to think even that, uh, that he would think enough about you to do it. You understand what I'm saying? God knows all the things that are involved in your life. He knows all that you have going on. It, it just touches his heart so much to think that you would take time out of your life to worship him. It means so much to him because he recognizes you no matter how big or how small you think you may be in the vast scheme of things. You're important to God. You are very important to God. And He appreciates it. And it makes Him well up with, with joy and, and singing Himself to think that you would take time out of your life to give to Him. So why this waste? And Jesus answered him in verse 10. He said, Why trouble you the woman? For she's wrought a good work upon me. For the poor you're going to always have with you. But me you don't always have with you. And in your own life, yeah, you can come to God at any time. But how many times a day do you really have time to do it? In other words, with your job, with your family, with all that's involved in your life, how many times do you really have to come to God? So when you do have those opportunities, you need to make the most of them. Whatever opportunities you have to worship God, you need to make the most of it. You need to take advantage of it. Whether it's getting up early in the morning, whether it's staying up late at night, whether it's taking a little bit longer lunch break, whatever it is, take every opportunity. Redeem the time. It's your job to redeem the time because the days are evil. We are living in evil times. You have to redeem that time. You have to surrender it to God. But you have to do it. You have to do it. And the poor, you're going to always have. Things, you're going to always long after. But God, are you always going to be able to come to Him? He's always going to be there. But there's some times when you can come to Him and it's such a sweet time. I mean, have you ever experienced that? Where it's just an awesome time that you had with Him? You can't exchange that for all the money in the world. You can't give that up. And how I wish that I could share with you how important it is to spend that time with God, just you and Him. And now you can be in a corporate worship setting like we were today, singing with other people, and still it just be you and God. You and God. And that's how it should be. You and God. You and God. Poor you have with you always, but me you have not always. For in that... She has poured out this ointment upon my body. She did it for my burial. Verily I say to you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this that this woman has done be told for a memorial of her. Now this that she offered, this ointment, this box, this alabaster box of ointment, was a year's wages. It was a year's wages was how much that cost. Now just think of how much you make a year, whether it be 20000 30000 15000 however much it is, it's a lot to you. Because that's your year's wages. That's what you work for all year. Now just think of taking all of that and giving it to God in an instant. And it all be gone. And you can't ever get it back. Think about that for a minute. That's what this woman did. She poured it out upon his feet. And yet what she received was so great in return that what she gave up was nothing that could, could be compared to that. First of all, here she is listed in the Bible of all things. And it says wherever the gospel's preached, it's going to be talked about. Because you can't preach the gospel of the kingdom. You can't preach that without preaching and teaching worship. And you can't really teach about worship without talking about this woman. Because what she did was so precious. And I'm going to share something with you. You are an alabaster box. And what is within you is springing up. And it, it, it's longing for you to give it to God. I mean, there's something in you that is just crying out for you to just pour it forth at His feet. You might not even recognize it, but it's there, I promise you. Because it's within every creature that's ever been put on this earth to praise and worship God. 
David said that the, the sacrifices that God requires are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. That's what this woman had. A broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. Your spirit, we know what your spirit is, but the heart, a broken and contrite heart, now that's a whole other matter because that's dealing with your thoughts. That's dealing with your attitudes. That's dealing with your emotions. That's dealing with your plans and your pursuits in life. Are you willing to allow that to be crushed? Because contrite means crushed. Not just broken, but crushed down. Crushed down to smithereens almost even. Are you going to allow your plans for your life to be crushed in order to worship God and to pursue Him? I'm going to put something up here that you may have seen before. But this was the tabernacle of Moses it's referred to as. Okay, Now this shows a little bit about how the tabernacle was divided up. Now, you have this outside part was called the outer court. It had the brazen altar, this right here. This is a place of sacrifice. The brazen altar was a place of sacrifice. It was a place where all the offerings, burnt offerings, were offered up except for incense. All of them were offered here. Any type of animal sacrifice was offered. It was offered right there. Jesus said, unless you take up your own cross and follow me, you're not worthy of me and you can't even see the kingdom. You also have to be willing to be a sacrifice. If you will, turn over to Romans. We're talking about worship. Romans chapter 12. This is what this woman did. See, that alabaster box, it was costly. It was precious. But more precious than that box, more precious than the ointment in that box, were her tears. The cry of her spirit that was crying out for God. That was the most precious thing. It says in Romans 12, verse 1, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. In other words, lay your life down. Because if you're not willing to lay your life down, if you're not going to have a broken in spirit, a broken and contrite heart, nothing that you do for God, nothing that you even offer God is really acceptable unto Him. I'm going to ask you something today. Have you presented your body as a living sacrifice to Him? Have you offered Him your life? Have you even offered Him your very body? That where He asks you to go, you'll carry Him because you're a carrier, you're a vessel. You are an earthen vessel carrying the glory of God. See, this picture is not just a picture of a tabernacle. This is a picture of you. The Bible says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So this is a picture of you. And this is of you laying your life down. This right here is a baptism. It's a baptism in water, a baptism in spirit. It gives you entrance into the place right here that's called the holy place. Now they're inside there. You can barely see it, but there were three things. There was a candlestick, which was seven-branched, there was the altar of incense and a table of showbread. I hope you're being blessed by the podcast today. We wanted to pause for just a moment and just remind you to please check out our website, EmergeNashville.org, or you can also go to EmergingDaily.com, either one. You can find out more information about our ministry, about some things that we're wanting to do, and how we're wanting to make an impact in the Middle Tennessee area and in the world. And also, while you're there, check out the link that's there about our new line of t-shirts, hoodies and things like that we have several different shirts that are available they say just love and then it has our emerged nashville emblem on it if you would consider purchasing any of those it would be a blessing to us and i think it would be a blessing to you and to those you encounter because when they see that message on there it says just love maybe hopefully it'll make them think and be aware of the fact that hey we need to be walking in love towards one another but anyway we'll get back to the message here shortly but i just wanted to encourage you to check those out and also please let your friends and family and, and co-workers and people know about the podcast it's available on all pretty much all the podcast platforms and apps and of course it's available on our website and also check out our facebook page it's facebook.com slash emerging daily and like our page if you would and share it we would really appreciate it and we'll get back to the message here shortly
Do you like to shop online for either yourself or for gifts for others? Do you like the convenience of shopping online, but also like to help support local shops and retailers? What if you could do both? Check out BellsGiftsAndMore.com. Bell's Gifts and More is locally owned and operated, based just outside of Nashville in Lebanon, Tennessee. They have men's and women's clothing fashions and accessories, wallets, handbags, watches, jewelry, books, media, home and office items, electronics, and more, all at great prices. And they add new items to their inventory almost every day. So go to BellsGiftsAndMore.com and use promo code EMERGE when you check out to get an additional 10% off your purchase, excluding sellout. That's BellsGiftsAndMore.com. Now they're inside there. You can barely see it, but there were three things. There was a candlestick, which was seven-branched. There was the altar of incense and a table of showbread. Now candlestick represents the illumination of the Holy Spirit in your life. The illumination of, of the Holy Spirit upon the Word. In other words, if you try to understand this Bible with your natural mind, you're not really going to understand what God has for you. You have to allow the Spirit of God to show you. And anybody with a natural mind can read these things and they will, they will misinterpret it. That's the reason we have so many different interpretations of the book of Revelation, for an example. Because people have tried to interpret it with their natural mind and say, well, this means a nuclear bomb. Oh, this is talking about a helicopter. It's not talking about any of those things. It's talking about spiritual things. So you have to understand it with a spiritual mind. Now, the table of showbread represents communion. That was where the bread that the priests took, they offered it to God, but they also, they ate off of that. That was the priest's bread. Only the priest could eat that, the table of showbread. Only the priest. But see, you've been made a king and a priest by God. Since we've been made kings and priests unto Him. So you have a right to go in here and eat that bread. What is that bread? This Word is a bread. See, the Spirit illuminates. Have you ever tried to eat in the dark? How many of you have ever tried to eat in the total darkness? See, there is absolutely no way that any light whatsoever could get inside there unless that candlestick was lit. If you ever tried to read this, if you try to get in this Bible and understand it without the Spirit of God, it's like eating in the dark. And you're not really going to be able to know, you know, am I, am I eating peas or am I eating, you know, what am I eating? You might even be eating something you shouldn't be eating. You have to have the Spirit of God to show you. And even when you come together in fellowship, if the Spirit of God is not there, you're eating, you're eating in the dark. You're communing in the dark. Then we have the altar of incense. That's your praise. That's your prayer. That's your worship to God. And it comes up, the Bible says, as a sweet-smelling savor before Him. Then beyond that was the what's called the inner veil. That was the veil that was done away in Christ. You know, the Bible talks about when Jesus died and gave up the ghost, that the veil of the temple was rent. The veil that, of the temple that was rent was the veil that was right here that separated the holy place from the holy of holies. That veil was torn in two from the top to the bottom. That means you have free entrance into the Holy of Holies. You can go into the very presence of God. Inside that Holy of Holies is the mercy seat in the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was a box overlaid with gold inside and out. Gold represents divinity. The wood represents humanity. You're a human being, but you're a divine person because the Spirit of God is on the inside of you. And He's working on you to get that gold on the outside. But see, the thing with religion, they try to, get, they try to clean the outside instead of the inside. But if you can allow that inside to come on the outside, then that's what changes things. That's what makes you a good vessel, a useful vessel for the glory of God. The mercy seat was pure gold. Two cherubim facing each other. It says that their wings touched and they were facing one another. Now I told you last week, but you might not have remembered, but the word 
Well, first of all, the word angel also means messenger. John the Baptist talked about, it was said that he was a messenger of God. Same word as angel. The word wing comes from a word that means extreme parts, extremities. Also means the hem of a garment. That's the reason that the woman was trying to touch the hem of Jesus' garment because Malachi says that he is risen with healing in his wings. Well, it's not talking about flapping wings. It's talking about his garment, the priest's garment. He's risen with healing in it. So that's why she was after that. So here in the mercy seat, it symbolizes us and our, our lives touching one another. The vast parts of your life touching my life. And as we come together and face one another and declare the glory of God, and talk about His praises, and share about His praises. You remember we talked last week about talking about how that He is good, the Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. His high seed, His steadfast loving kindness that never ends, always endures. It will cover a multitude of sin because it will be steadfast regardless of what you do. Now, this is worship. This is worship. Now, we'll talk a little bit more about this next week, but I want to share a few things with you. Hebrews thirteen fifteen. you don't have to turn there, but it says that, Praise or our worship is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks. And the Amplified Bible says, acknowledging, glorifying, and confessing His name. So our sacrifices are our praises now. Okay? It's also our bodies, our living sacrifice, giving praise to Him. Now under the Old Covenant, you remember they sacrificed calves and bullocks and, and things as an offering to God. So the fruits of our lips is referred to as the calves or bullocks of our lips. Hosea, if you will, I want you to turn there. Hosea chapter 14. Hosea, if you don't remember, is between Joel and Daniel. But in Hosea chapter 14, and we're winding down, Hosea 14, we'll start with verse 1. It says, O Israel, return unto the Lord your God, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity. Now, the iniquity it's talking about there is what we talked about last week, the iniquity, the sin of Ephraim. Ephraim was a fruitful place, do you remember? It was a fruitful place. That iniquity was that he had set up idols in his heart. He was worshiping idols in his place of satisfaction, in his place of safety. He had set up idols in his heart. And so that was the iniquity, and it caused Israel to fall. So he's saying, return to God and take your words, verse 2, take your words and turn to the Lord. Say to him, take away all iniquity and receive us graciously, so we will render the calves of our lips. We will render the calves of our lips. How do you give a calf from your lips? Somebody praise. He's talking about worship. That's what God receives. See, all these burnt offerings and things, they... They were symbols of what God really meant. The Bible says, out of a man's heart shall he speak. So your heart is what needs to begin with the praise of God, the worship of God. Let it begin there. But you need to speak it out. You need to talk about, share openly your praise, your love, your adoration for God. Because that's, that's how this world is going to receive the knowledge of the glory of God. That's how the glory, the word glory, it means His uh, recognition. How's the world going to understand about God? How are they going to receive things about God? They have to hear it, but they also have to see it. So that's the reason you offer your bodies also as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. In other words, your insides and your outsides are all crying out to God. How I wish that you could... Oh, God! How I wish that we could enter into such a place of worship that when we leave here, it don't stop. Where you go in your daily lives, you worship God. Your work becomes a worship to Him. You're driving down the road, you worship God. You're not thinking about the ball game. You're not thinking about even your job as, as much as you are God. Sometimes you have to think about your job. Sometimes you have to think about other things. But God is your first and foremost thought. He's number one. He takes priority in your life. You're going to always have a job, somehow or another. But are you always going to focus on Him? Are you always going to spend that time with Him? Time is precious. 
time is a precious thing, and the older you get, the more you receive and understand that. And I'm not very old, so how can I say that? Well, I'm beginning to see. But time is a precious thing. And I can look back and I can see how I've wasted a lot of it. And I'm not trying to get anybody on a guilt trip or anything like that, but look back on your life and see how much time have you wasted when you could have been praising God. Listen, that goes on for eternity. I'll share something else with you. Scientists say that when your words go out, well, this is a proven fact, and most of you will know this, they create sound waves, okay? Well, those sound waves never stop. They go on continuously around the world, around the world. And there's even equipment to where they can even hear some sound waves. You know, uh, the very first satellite communication, I, I believe this is correct, especially on TV, I know, it, I, I know it was, was when Hitler spoke at the Olympic Games, okay? They can still, there's, there's equipment, they can still hear that broadcast. They have said that if they could create the equipment, they would still, they, there's a chance that they might could even hear the words Jesus spoke. Now what I'm saying, the only reason I'm, I'm mentioning that is to say this, your words last forever, and they go out. You remember the Bible says that God said that His Word never returns to Him void, but it accomplishes what it sends it out to do. Your words accomplish things. Either good things or bad things, they're going to do something. They accomplish things. They move sound waves. They move the air. I'll share this with you from my own experience as a restaurant manager. We could be having a day where we didn't sell anything at all of, of this particular item on the menu. And one person orders it. We had nobody ordered it all day. Here it is about 8 o'clock at night. One person orders it. And then we'll have about 10 or 20 that'll come and order it. Is that a coincidence? No. It's those thoughts, those words going out there, and they hit you, and they'll hit you, and they'll hit you, and they'll hit you. And you might not receive it, but they'll come to you. They're out there. They're just like radio waves. They're all out there. But are you going to pick up on them? You have to choose what you focus on. You have to choose what you think about. You have to choose your words carefully because your words carry life or they carry death. The book of James says that our words... Turn over right quick, and we'll close with this. And next week we'll pick up on it, because I want you to understand the importance of your words. Because your words are a part of worship. It talks about bridling the whole body, if you can tame your tongue. In verse, uh, verse 5 of chapter 3 of James, it says, Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defiles the whole body, and sets on fire, listen to this, it sets on fire the course of nature, the will of nature. In other words, nature, the things of this world are set on course by the words you speak, whether they be good or whether they be evil. They, they turn the things of this world around. See, the world doesn't turn by, I'm sorry, but love don't make the world go round. Your words do, in a sense. Your words do. Because your words and thoughts are what causes things to happen. And you might not understand that, you might not receive it, but it says here they, t they set on fire the course or the wheel. That word course means wheel of nature. And it is set on fire of hell. I mean, to tell you, your words carry a force behind them, a spiritual force. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. Your words, are they spirit? Do they have life behind them? Or do they have death behind them? That's why it's so important to worship God. That's why it's so important to offer up sacrifices of praise to Him. Even when you don't feel like it, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise Him. Tell the world how much you love Him. People will think you're crazy. They said it's about the woman that, that gave up that ointment. They said, what, what was it that they said? They said, why this waste? And people will say about you when you speak good things and you speak blessing instead of cursing and you talk about God and you talk about your love for Him and your love for your brethren. They'll say, why this waste? 
Don't waste my time. Don't waste your time. It's not a waste. There's a word in the, I believe it's in the Greek, Maranatha. Maranatha. It means come, Lord. Speak that over your own life. Ask Him to come. Come, Lord, in my life. Is He in your life? He needs to be in your life, not just in your heart. Get Him in your life. Say, come, Lord, in my life. Come. Come, Lord. And as you speak it and, and, and focus on it, things will begin to happen. There are, for every one of those, each piece of, this is called, referred to as furniture, each piece of this furniture has a different word in the Hebrew that goes along with it that means praise. The word praise has got seven other words in, in the Hebrew that mean praise, and each one of them means a different way. One of them means to throw your hands up in the air and shout. One of them means just stand there and just adore Him. Another one means to dance. Another one speaks to act crazy. They all mean praise. You know, David, when he was bringing, the tar- bringing that mercy seat, the Ark of the Covenant, back into Jerusalem, he danced before the Lord. You know, any, any of you remember that? Well, his wife thought he was crazy, but he was doing this hilarious, uh, acting foolish before God, and the world said, why this waste? His wife said, why this waste? So it's so important that you get to understand these songs that we sing are not just songs. It's not just for you to have an opportunity to share with us how, pure, how pretty you can sing or how bad you can sing. This time that we have before we get into the Word is a time of getting in the Spirit of God, worshiping Him, sitting at His feet. It's not just so that you can hear some pretty music or some bad music. It's so that you can get into that place of worship, so that you can enter into that Holy of Holies, so that you can get at the very presence of God. And you can do it. I've done it. And unfortunately, I don't do it every Sunday because I allow distractions like those games and different things to, to, to stop me. And it's not their fault, it's mine. And it's not the song's fault whether or not I get in, in the Spirit or not. Whether I like the song or whether I don't, it's an opportunity. It's a time that I should redeem to give to God, to worship Him. Listen, these songs, you don't have to sing them. You don't have to. But you do need to get in, 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 in a heart of worship for Him. You don't have to stand there when we stand up. If you want to sit down, sit down. If you want to get down on your face before Him, do it. But just feel free to worship Him. I'm telling you something. It means something to God. Whether it means anything to you or not, it does to Him. It means a lot to Him. And we're not going to think anything less of you if you do anything out of the ordinary. Or if you just sit there. Because it's your time to get with Him and praise and worship Him. And it shouldn't be the only time of the week, but it is a time that you should redeem, that you should make it precious in your sight. Thanks for listening today, and we hope you were stirred to put love into action. Feel free to send your questions or comments to EmergeNashville at gmail.com, and please consider donating on our website, EmergeNashville.org, or write to Emerge P.O. Box 3242, Lebanon, Tennessee, 37088.